0: What's up everybody? My name is Ben. This is Beat dubs Basement. This is episode number one. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. We're just going to chill in the basement here because we can't chill in each other's basements right now. We're going to FaceTime. We're going to chat with a whole bunch of friends on a whole bunch of different topics. Today we're going to start a series of album chats talking about what records are important to people out there, what, uh, what records kind of shaped you to be who you are, why they stick with you and uh this first episode i'm pretty stoked to have my dear friend stevie ray scott also known as lost sketches on and we're going to talk about shotgun jimmy's record from 2011 transistor sister and uh, i didn't know anything about this record at all until stevie had me check it out and i gotta say i was really moved by it i'm excited to talk to him about this it's good it's a good jam so before we get into the interview i'll give you a little bit of background on the record Um, So, Shotgun Jimmy, a.k.a. Jim Kilpatrick, he's uh, played in a few notable bands, um, Ladyhawk, Attackin' Black, and Shotgun, and Jaybird. So, yeah, Attackin' Black is a band I'm pretty familiar with growing up, seeing them a few times around the hood. This record came out in 2011, and it was on You've Change Records out of Toronto, Ontario. Um, this is recorded by Diego Medina at the old Confidence Lodge in Riverport, Nova Scotia. Now, this is something that you should really check out. This, is, this guy is a super interesting dude. It's, it's worth checking out. He's uh, got quite a cool history and a neat way of production. And um, it's just worth checking out his studio for the pictures of it. It's got some serious vibe. And you can check out his uh, studio at www.confidencelodge.com. And I really recommend checking it out. It's, it's pretty sweet. So yeah, Transistor Sisters, so Chuck and Jimmy said that he believes all records are a document of a moment in time, and uh, he has stated that he thinks uh, this record is about nostalgia, or at least the nostalgia associated with being a part of a music scene. A little background about myself, I've played in a bunch of bands, did some touring, and kind of my concept of this was trying to bring in some of these people I have met along the way that I just found were beautiful people, and... Uh, and certainly Stevie Scott is one of those people. I've uh, known Stevie for a few years. I met him in 2014. His sister was a roommate of my now wife. And you know, right from the moment I met him, we kind of like clicked from uh, just our love for music and sit around for hours and hours and hours and talk about music. And so we figured, why not just do it? Why don't have a phone call? We'll talk about a record that means a lot to him. and. Uh, and and I'm blessed to now to now know. So I'm excited to talk to Stevie. So uh yeah, we'll get right into it. Here's uh here's my interview with Lost Sketches.
1: Hey, hey, homebody, hey, hey, homebody, hey, hey, homebody. Hey, it's gonna be okay, it's gonna be okay. Yeah. Everybody staying home, there's nowhere left to go. Nowhere left to go. Everybody, we've been shown, sure. we're deaf sometimes to every tone. But as much as we're out of to touch, I want you to know that you're not alone. We're all in this together, after all. The poor and the rich, the big and the small.
0: I would like to just start by saying thanks a lot for coming on and thanks a lot for suggesting this record. It was a lot of fun. Um, We just listened to a little bit of the Homebody intro and first chorus. Um, Why don't you just tell me a little bit about how that happened? Because I was going to say it, but I thought eh, maybe it'd be better coming from you.
1: Yeah, no. uh, So this whole um, pandemic thing happened sort of out of the blue. And uh, I just got this intense uh inspiration that something had to be something i was kind of in like a creative funk a bit actually at the time and then i just had this urge to bring people together and create something and uh, basically i just in like maybe eight or 12 hours i just wrote the bones of that song and then i just spent the next couple weeks sending it to pretty much everyone i knew even people that didn't uh, play music just right to have their voice on it their their presence and uh, Yeah, after a couple of weeks, I got the I got a bunch of voices uh, Way more than I actually expected How many uh, in total did you end up with 20 26? 26 yeah, 26 voices, awesome. That's awesome. which was incredible. It was it was hard to like mix and, <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, but, holy
0: uh, a huge challenge, but you're mixing, just, you mixed all that on GarageBand? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, my laptop was was struggling to get through it. (laughs)
1: It's like uh, crashing all the time and stuff. But uh, then, yeah, then the video, I did a video for it too, got different people, some of the same people that were on the song, and some other people. And uh, it was just such a magical, inspiring, beautiful thing to get so many people together.
0: Yeah, man, for sure. I mean, we were lucky enough, my wife and my daughter and I, to send over some clips and get it in there. And even just watching all of the comments, like it's an emotional video because, you know, especially at that point of the pandemic, it was kind of like, what the heck's going to happen? And uh, it was really fun to see kind of like everyone trying to make the best of it, I guess. Yeah. Um, So I really appreciated being part of it. It's a wicked song. Um, yeah,
1: you guys really made it uh, super endearing. Uh, <laughs> no, it's just, all my
0: daughter. I won't take any credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so what's going on with Lost Sketches? What's happening? What's what's the deal? So you um, put that song out? You're working on some new stuff now?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I usually have a few projects on the go. Um, mostly since for the last probably about eight months or so, I've just been doing collaborations because there's so much fun. I basically, my whole life, I wasn't good enough to... <laughs> I didn't feel like I was good enough to uh, collaborate with people uh, but recently as soon as I got one two collaborations I've just been like this is the best I love yeah. it it's like to me music is meant to be shared like I just love connecting with people and having their you know surrendering my exact control creative control and letting someone else put their heart onto it and, for sure uh, yeah it's just a so I, I've got a couple projects um coming up some of them because of the collaboration thing some of them get stunt stunted um for various reasons just uh, life happens
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know um but i'm finding it's fun to have multiple projects on the go just in case one gets uh gets halted then you can just pick up another one because i just i feel like i have a lot of creative energy that i like to yeah. constantly be flowing out of me so
0: You're an awesome dude, Stevie. I love talking to you. I love that about (laughs) you. I love your creative spirit. We did some jamming at one point together, but I I agree with what you're saying. I think like really the future and maybe this pandemic is going to change a lot of people's perception of doing like online collaborations. It doesn't matter. Even working from home is the same thing, right? People don't have to be in the city in an office anymore. And I think it's going to change a lot of people's perceptions because... The hardest thing is getting a band together and getting together every week and sharing ideas and the inner turmoil of all the band relationships and who wants what to say on what way. I think that the internet is a beautiful thing to be taken advantage of for sure.
1: Definitely, yeah.
0: And that's a that yeah that homebody song is wicked. I, I love that. There's so many people on it. That's awesome, man. Good for you. Congratulations. Yeah, thank
1: you so much.
0: So we're gonna talk about the record, the the shotgun Jimmy record, transistor sister. Yes, so. Honey. Let's, let's just get right into it, buddy. So um, where and how did you first hear the, about this record?
1: Well, I went to, uh, I was in college and uh, I didn't really know much about music. I basically, I think I had listened to like uh, Queen and like some of my parents' records and stuff. And uh, my friend was, a uh, my roommate was a really, really, he was really, really good musician and really into music. And uh, he loved this this guy, Shotgun Jimmy, I'd never heard of him before, Uh, and one day he just put on his record while we were all just hanging out, it was this record. And uh, as soon as I heard it, it felt like I had known it my whole life, like it was one of those where it was like, this is the music that I knew was out there, but I just didn't know where it was or, or, you know, it was just, it was a, a mind blowing moment to me. Uh, and I just immediately loved it. Like I it felt like I knew where the songs were were heading. Everything felt so right on it. Yeah, and I just felt so endeared to Jimmy
0: immediately, right. yeah. Um, and and why or how has it been impactful to your life? Well, uh, I started in music.
1: I started making music myself quite late. And uh, a lot of times you listen to professional records and they just seem, uh, they seem so, so, like, uh, to me, they just seem so virtuosic, you know, like, uh, like some people are just so incredible, such incredible musicians. And then I pick up an instrument and what I play sounds nothing like what I'm hearing on records, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Jimmy somehow, um, you know, his poetry was similar to to my style. Uh, he was very like casual, conversational, uh, but like cheeky and like he wasn't afraid to be cheesy at times. Mm-hmm. And uh, the music just felt really organic and and simple, but really creative. So it had like a, a magic to it. And it really resonated with me because I felt like I can do that, <laughs> you know? It was the yeah. first time I actually felt like I can do that. And it's incredible. Yeah. Like.
0: Yeah man like I mean I, I find the fact that you you're you're hitting on all kinds of points that I think we're going to get into while we're talking through this record because the biggest thing for me is man the lyrics are so good and exactly how you're saying it's very conversational it's very like it's nothing that I would ever write I would never write this way I would always overthink it make it have to be some big grandiose thing Yeah and he's just like you know went to the store bought this went home blah 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 you know yeah, like it, and and at first I was kind of it was a bit jarring for me but I, I, that's my big like uh, as you'll see when we go through it the lyrics man the lyrics are the are the big thing for me for sure totally yeah. i really appreciate you saying that because um i think that's um i think that's pretty unique to him um do you know anything about the recording of this record or how it was done and like i mean you kind of alluded to the fact that you like the production on it um well
1: i know that uh, jimmy is uh friends with uh this It's on the you've changed album which is um like daniel romano from attacking black and and such um mm-hmm. So he's got, I mean, he's got a ton of, that's one of the best parts about Jimmy. His community of artists and fans are are so, so, so great. And sometimes on his albums, he doesn't even, uh, he gets so many people involved that you don't even know who's playing what on what song. But there's always such a sense of like friendship and chemistry. On them. and I
0: get the I get the sense that they're doing a lot of this like kind of live like um, I mean yeah. I've watched some videos and I did some research on the on the recording of it and by all accounts it looks like they're doing it live very kind of it's not a lo fi record I mean I, I kind of comment this on, on this as well it doesn't sound lo fi but it's almost done in a lo fi way um, yeah which I find is really, really cool. I think that's uh, a neat way of doing it where nowadays everything is so chopped and perfect and I love that this is not like that. And, yeah, and it, it's very organic too. and I really I really love that. Um, have you had an opportunity to express what this record means to uh, to you, to Shotgun Jimmy? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah to, well, all, all of his records. I mean, I've seen him live a bunch of times and, and he's like the nicest guy ever and his live shows are absolutely incredible and uh he's just i mean if he's not endearing enough in the songs as soon as you see him play live it's just like ah oh, i love him i lo- yeah. like it like for me i loved the songs in the album i didn't think i could love him anymore and then i saw him live and i was like oh my god uh so me and my two roommates got we made we got our own homemade shirts uh <laughs> like printed like poorly printed um picture of one of his album covers on on it and uh we call ourselves the three shotgun ears and we just always wear his his shirts and stand at the front and yell all his lyrics to every song just (laughs) Just total fanboy totally fanboy so he definitely knows that i love this album and all of his music
0: (laughs) that's awesome that's a that's a wicked thing man because that's that's one of the questions i'm going to ask everybody on this and I think it's rare that you get the opportunity to tell somebody how much their record means to them right or if you do you've you know had too much to drink and you're all like you're know, blushing and like oh I love you or yeah whatever, totally right? totally a fool yeah. yourself yeah that's, yeah, that's the that's beauty cool. of of
1: how underrated I feel like he is is that uh he doesn't have millions and millions of fans' it's, you can actually talk to him at a show after a yeah. show before the show you know it's it's a beautiful intimate connection that you can have when someone is is uh like an under an underground gem almost
0: yeah for sure yeah man well hey when this is all over with and you know we're all back seeing bands we'll have to go check them out live because i would love to see them live totally i really do like this record a lot um you mentioned the cover art let's talk about the cover art do you love it do you hate it is it interesting to you what are your thoughts on it
1: the cover art. you know i never really thought too much about the cover art um that's uh, what
0: I'm doing, man. I'm breaking I'm breaking ground here. Yeah,
1: you're totally breaking ground. Uh making me making me go places I've never been before.
0: Uh, I like it. I like yep.
1: it. I mean, it's very uh, to me, I look at it and it it brings the nostalgic feel of uh listening to the album. So to me, it's like immediately. I never actually like analyzed it before, but it, like I just look at it and I'm like, yes. I want I to listen a, to that.
0: <laughs> I made a mention to it in my, uh, in my opening, but he actually says that this record is about nostalgia. And it's, uh, it's about the nostalgia being in a music scene and feeling like you're involved in something. And finally, you kind of fit in. Yes. Yeah. So totally. it's interesting that you say that because that's, uh, yeah, maybe that's exactly what he's trying to get out of it.
1: Yeah, I that's hope cool. so.
0: That's, that's totally what I feel from the whole thing. So should we jump into some track-by-tracks here? Please, yeah. Okay, so we had talked about talking about... uh, but We'll pick our five favorites, and we'll just kind of touch on them as we go. I I think we have a few in common, but maybe a few different. Yeah. So the record starts with Late Last Year.
1: Okay, uh, so Late Last Year, um, to me, this is like the perfect opening track. Like, it's it's catchy. It immediately draws you in. Uh, It's endearing. Like, it's insanely endearing. It tells this beautiful little vignette of a story that's so sweet and romantic and simple and real. Like, it's not like a crazy ancient story. It's just this story that probably a lot of us have gone through something like that. Just a short Especially little Especially in Canada. Up. Totally. It's so Canadian. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, it just has this uh, this great unending flow to it. How it never, it doesn't quite um, repeat itself so much as it just continues and and just unfolds so naturally. When he plays it live, this is one of the ones I have to mention, when he plays it live, it's like a staple to his live show because he plays it, a lot of his live shows are like one-man band. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially at this time uh, when this album came out. So he's got like a suitcase full of clothes that he has a kick drum. <laughs> and, like, you know, uh, he's got like a Uh, hi-hat and uh, anyways for this song he plays guitar with one hand and gets like a shaker out and sometimes while he's shaking the shaker he's hitting the hi-hat or something like he's just doing like so many things while singing and the song is just it's, it's just amazing it's an incredible song I love it
0: well, like I said, like I wasn't familiar with this record at all. So, you know, turning it on uh, or, or with Shotgun Jimmy at all. So turning it on and like hearing this first song, I, I put a star on it, didn't make my top five, but almost did. And, uh, and yeah, I, I agree. I, my, I love the lyrics. A song about beers in the wintertime and walking home from <laughs> the pub or whatever. How, how does that not resonate? You know, we've all been there. Yeah. I was I was kind of getting some, like, because, again, this is the first time I've heard it. I was kind of getting some Brian Jonestown massacre or maybe like some Dandy Warhol vibes from it. You know, that 60s kind of fuzzy throwback on the guitar, which yeah, is totally. kind of goes through the whole thing. And I made a note that it's it's lo-fi, but it's not lo-fi, if that makes sense. It's lo-fi in um in its performance or in its aesthetic, but not necessarily in the actual production. Like it sounds pretty crisp, it sounds really good, but it, it kind of has that slacker vibe to it, which yeah. I thought was really cool. Yeah, it's like slacker pop. It's really it's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Maybe a bit of pavement or something, it kinda reminds me of just oh, like yeah, the yeah. way it goes. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I like the song. Didn't quite make my top five. Is this in your top five? uh i would yeah i would say i mean in my
1: top five i tried to capture like i tried to go through the album and capture like all the vibe like as much of the vibe in each song and tried to like spread out the five so the best way to start is obviously the first song and that song i mean if you saw it live it might make your top five just because yeah
0: well there you go uh, (laughs) yeah it could be yeah. All right, so that brings us to Susie. So that's this is track two, and I, I don't think that it's crazy to call it the poppiest song on the record.
1: Totally. This is like the, the, the hit single that only has one chorus. <laughs> so was
0: this his, the single from the record?
1: Um, It had a video. Uh, I don't know if it's the single, um, but I, I I consider it that way because it's like a unapologetic pop song. It just to me it just shows that if Jimmy wanted to he could write a great great pop song, but he always has like a cheeky way a cheeky spin on the stuff that he does. He's always creative, yeah. uh, and this song again once again super endearing story. I mean this is going to be a reoccurring theme. This mm-hmm. the, it's so endearing, and uh, the lyrics are for me super catchy and. Uh, just simple, again, very, very simple, very free flowing, like, uh, what's it called? The uh, stream of consciousness yeah. type stuff. Right. Uh, and again, like, it's relatable. It makes you feel that romance you had when you were in grade nine or grade eight, grade nine. Uh, it's just a beautiful, and the twist, like at the end of a movie, <laughs> it's just like, It's great, and only one chorus, which is totally, you don't even know, I didn't notice that until maybe the hundredth listen. And then I was like, does this song really only have one chorus?
0: Jeez. Well, I think, I think that's an interesting dichotomy here is because this is like, this is your record, this is the record we're talking about, and I've only listened to the whole record once, and then like my top five songs a couple times just because I wanted to kind of stress them a little bit more, yeah. but hearing this for the first time, I was like, it was like, what the heck is going on here, you know, <laughs> I, I my notes say Jesse's mom, Jesse's mom's got it going on, yeah. like it's, uh, or, or I'm sorry, um, Jesse's girl, sorry. Yeah Um, because it's got that real 80s synthy sound going on and then I was like well is this kind of like a typical indie synthy thing going on here (laughs) or or actually my notes say it's got a lot of nostalgia and it's funny that this is before I knew that that's exactly what he was going for so I think in retrospect listening back it might it might be a little bit more my thing but on first listen it was like it actually it ended up being my least favorite of the whole record (laughs) (laughs) and you know me right like it's the it's so poppy and it's like uh i don't know yeah i don't know about this one so much but well uh, i can
1: imagine your first time listening it would be it'd be tough to get a handle for like what the genre is or what the style is uh just going through all the songs because i can't even remember the first time like what i was thinking the first time i listened to each song because to me the the feeling of just jimmy as a whole when he came into my life with this music i was like yes
0: yeah and i mean it's sandwiched with two kind of bangers i mean like the first song is a rock song i mean you know it's it's a it's still poppy but it's got it's got you know an upbeat feel and then the next song if if we're going to transition to it king of kreuzberg yeah this song is in my top five
1: yeah oh totally me too this song is awesome
0: this is an yeah. awesome intro, awesome chord progression off the top. It really like gets yeah. it going, right? Susie
1: had no chance, really. But no, <laughs> as,
0: as soon as this <laughs> came on after, I'm like, "What was that all about?"
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Uh, King of Kreuzberg is is uh, an absolutely incredible song, totally a hit, a hit song to me. For sure. Uh, and I think it's one of his most notable songs. Like a lot of people that know Jimmy uh, recognize that song. Uh, I mean, this this whole album was, uh, I think, yeah, long listed for the Polaris Prize when
0: it came yeah, out. Yeah, it, it, that was uh, Im- yeah. You're now you're jumping to the end here, but yes, yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah,
1: it uh, but yeah, I, lo- I love this this song because it it takes him to uh, uh, his his journeys in Europe and uh, just the struggles. A lot of people don't really talk about those struggles in songs, but like the struggles of like trying to trying to get by in a different language and like tr- in, you're in a different place. You're feeling new but you're kind of like excited mm-hmm. uh because you're playing music there and like uh he he just has a really magical way on this song of of making you feel what he was feeling yeah. because i've never played music in kreuzberg but i feel <laughs> i feel like yeah i just feel
0: no i love the strong lyrics in it. i love the immediacy of the lyrics yeah. they're unambiguous yeah like we were saying, it's direct. He's just saying exactly what's coming. He's writing probably these lyrics while he's there, and it's like, you know, yeah. I'm just what I'm seeing is what I'm writing down. Yeah. And I I just love the instrumental intro chord progression. And it's just a banger. I love it. Definitely. Me too. Yeah. So top five for me. Top five for you. Definitely. All right. Then we go into number four. Paper planes. Paper planes. Uh, so this is I one mean- of the many little instrumentals on this, right? Yes.
1: Yes. I think these these types of um, mini songs are essential uh, Jimmy is, is great at uh, putting these types of things into his albums and for me these this song I mean it wouldn't be on anybody's top 5 if it's on yours I'm sorry <laughs> I no, didn't mean it not. but uh, basically it's one of those songs where it's not going to be anybody's favorite necessarily but it's you can't take it away from the album it's I mean, setting a it, vibe it totally adds to the album as a whole uh, and it's those type of songs that make great albums no one would ever they wouldn't be on the radio necessarily uh they wouldn't be anyone's top pick necessarily but they're so good in the midst of other songs you know right
0: and yeah like one, all, all, all i have is short and sweet like just yeah. a short song doesn't have a whole lot going on in it and then it leads into another short song. Well, that's Confidence. the thing; it's
1: saving, it's saving another like Susie situation. If you have too many good songs in a row, you know they drown each other out. Not that yeah. this song isn't good, but uh, right. he actually has another one on a different album called "Impossible Popsicle." Same type vibe, very short, uh, but like super, super fun. sweet and and fun, and just yeah. gets you moving, you know, to the next right as to progress in the album.
0: Yeah, and the next one Confidence Lodge Stairwell Recording number 1. Oh yeah, we so, got to talk
1: about this one for a long time. Well,
0: <laughs> you know, it's actually uh, the Confidence Lodge uh, studio. I've I briefly talked about it on the intro. Like this studio is sick. I don't know if you've looked at pictures no, of it. You no, need to look it up. The it, the whole vibe of this recording, I like I would love to make a record here. It's in uh, it's in Nova Scotia and it's nice. just this cool it's worth checking out it's worth checking out the whole production and uh the guy who recorded it i will check that out uh-uh, because uh because he's got an interesting story as well um Diego Medina Medina Diego nice. Medina and uh and that studio is something else it's just kind of like the way that i would like to see more records being made where, like yeah you just and get in there he, and just make so make that it actually
1: that feels like uh Uh, Jimmy is also great at doing this tipping his cap to things that have been beautiful to him you know like this short, short 15 second track of literally just somebody running up and down the stairs and then shutting the door is a tip of the cap you know? Well, he's
0: name, name drop in the uh, recording studio is basically what he's doing, right? Totally. I mean, that's cool, man. And it and actually
1: that, it actually is good on the album. I mean, I, I used to joke that it's my favorite song on the yeah. album, but I did <laughs> nice. a cover of it once.
0: <laughs> You're such a hipster. You did a cover <laughs> of it once. Yeah, good one. Um, and then it brings us into Transistor Sister. No, Too Many Flowers. Too Many Flowers. You can't forget the flowers. Is it is it not Too Many Flowers after Transistor Sister? Oh, on this, on on the the Bandcamp one, I'm looking at it's. Uh, uh, oh, so here we go. So it's number six, but it's. We can we can jump ahead. So your Bandcamp version is different than the Apple Music one, then. Okay, fair different enough. tracklist. I meet.
1: actually, okay. honestly, I don't know which one. <laughs> I, well, we'll not, jump into
0: no more flowers, uh, and then we'll go back, or too okay. many flowers, and we'll go back. Okay, right? fair. Um, so too many flowers. Let's talk about it. Too
1: many flowers. An- another to me, another. Uh, Another kind of like Susie in that way, just another like real um gets you moving. The riff is undeniable. Uh the lyrics first thing like I you have. said
0: before. Riff is undeniable. First thing yeah, of my yeah. notes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> is that what yeah. you said? Literally? That's
0: literally what it says. The riff is undeniable. Perfect. Great riff.
1: Yeah, we're we're definitely together on that one. Great riff. And like you said before about the lyrics, uh no ambiguity, just like straight up heart feel, uh romance. Um, yeah just beautiful beautiful song under 2 minutes but uh totally wonderful song. I
0: have got uh, three chords in the truth written down here. <laughs> it, it reminds me of uh some U2 songs if that if you can believe that. They have a Fair. couple songs uh The First Time or All I Want Is You. I don't know how familiar you are with U2 or um or The Velvet Underground just nice. like you know yeah. if you're playing more than three uh, three chords it's jazz is not what uh <laughs> Isn't that the line? And, and and that's what I've got written down. It reminds me of that. It's kind of just like to the point. It doesn't really matter that the progression is just kind of what it is. And because the lyrics again are so strong, it's centered no. around the lyrics. I mean quite obviously the record centered around the lyrics. Yeah. Um not one of my top five, but it's still a good song.
1: Yeah, same. I, I uh didn't didn't I mean every single song on here I love so much, so I, I'm not uh I'm not too sad about picking a top five because I know I love every single song. So the top five for me is just like just picking the ones that maybe other people might like. Yeah, best. it's
0: just a talking point right? at this point, right? It's a uh, talking point but yeah, Too Many Flowers,
1: I, I really love the song. Didn't make my top five either, but okay. definitely beautiful track.
0: Let's jump into a song that probably is both in our top five, which is Transistor say. Sister.
1: Yes, yeah, totally. The title track, I mean, this one... uh, the the roommate that showed me shotgun jimmy he uh he said that this song was the song that sold him on uh jimmy's writing like he he he, the writing on this song is just so good uh and the way that the music plays on the writing uh like the one chorus uh the chorus where it says um, break the soil with a golden shovel and then there's like a little guitar riff that like to me I always the the move I make at the live shows is just digging do do did it do do did it yeah <laughs> a beautiful song how did you feel about it
0: Oh, I loved it I had to pause it and take it all in um <laughs> I have written on I I get why Stevie would be into this <laughs> yeah. I I immediately listening to the song Thought Stevie's gonna love this song This is in his top 5 for sure Definitely Because yeah. the lyrics are so strong I had to pull the lyrics up we'll, I'm gonna give him a little read here But Point. everything is simple and he likes it that way And even the production is like that It's smart, it's good songwriting It's excellent ex- execution Also, uh, this is gonna come up a few times Big old Mellotron on it Yeah. All kinds of loose Mellotrons On this, on this record And I love that but yeah, the the lyrics just, uh, to me, this, and I, I I hope you take this as a compliment. It reminds me of you. I, I got all I need. Oh, Everything I see is as simple as can be. And I like it that way. You write simple You write simple songs. We sing along because we got enough fruit to keep the doctor away. Toast, toast to the sweet life. Cut the ribbon with a sharp knife. Break the soil with a golden shovel. Move it on the double. Let's get out of here. No illusions of grandeur or shaking dirty, of dirty hands or playing with shitty bands who don't even like to play. Yeah right that last line that that last part is awesome yes i know exactly how that feels like i'm (laughs) sure you i'm sure every musician who's listening to this knows exactly how that feels yeah you're trying to do the best you can with your art and you're just showing up to practice with guys don't even have their equipment together they don't even care about being there showing up late it's a huge struggle they don't even want to do it if they're doing it it's because they want to be noticed by girls or whatever it is i don't know but yeah you know
1: no, I playing, agree. Playing this, shitty bands honestly, who even don't even like, uh,
0: don't even like playing.
1: Jimmy and this album uh, have been a huge influence on my songwriting uh, because I am a lot. Uh, I'm a lot like his writing style. Like it just made me realize, I'm, I'm like a lot of the things that he's saying. Like I resonate with a lot of the things that he says, and in my own songwriting, I guess I was just too afraid to say the things sure. that I was meant because I'd like, ah, oh, maybe that's too cheesy or like maybe that's too goofy. Mm-hmm. Like, no, but I am goofy. Yeah. I am I am cheesy sometimes. I like writing little fun poetry things and and uh, just writing what my heart wants to write, you know? Mm-hmm. So Jimmy definitely was a was an influence on me. So that is like the biggest compliment in the world to say
0: that I said like And man, it's great songwriting. <laughs> the lyrics are great. I mean, this whole record, it's it's my biggest takeaway and I keep saying that like a broken record and it's what I'm going to say at the end too, but it's <laughs> it's fantastic. I I don't know. I don't know. The lyrics are great. Yes. So, on my on my track listing the next song is Stereo in the Stove.
1: Yeah, that's what I got. Yeah.
0: This is in my top 5.
1: It is. Yeah. I would Oh yeah. Honestly, I <laughs> This was the one that I was, I was like, I want to put it in my top five because I, I think it's one of the best songs on the album for sure.
0: It's um, my second favorite of the ones I, I've heard. And we haven't talked about my favorite yet.
1: Yeah. Incredible song. Um, slow, slow ballady vibe to it, which is a nice break um, from like all the big pop hits that have been coming out. Well, it's
0: funny you say that because the first thing I have is it's upbeat. So Well, it, it is.
1: It is for sure. But uh, but it has like a I don't know it has a slower move to it like a a more graceful um, unfolding and again the lyrics the uh, the the feet under the table like he just has a way of, of touching on things that are so subtle uh, most people don't think of them because they're so they're so uh, present and uh, he just somehow has a way of connecting to them and. Almost everybody can go, oh, yeah, that
0: feeling. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that. Everyone's a builder building different things, making something out of nothing or nothing out of anything. Probably one of the best opening lines. That's great. Uh, We're, it's great. It's great stuff, man. I love it. Yeah. Construction it. and destruction. Yeah. And everyone, to me, it's like uh, like uh, ants. Like, just we just work and work. It's like, it's almost like very fitting with the times right now because... It makes you think, oh, well, what the heck have I been doing all of this time, right? Like every day, like years fly by because I'm going to work, driving downtown, working in my construction job. Like and and days and, and weeks and months just fly by because I'm just so busy building and building. But what are you actually building? Are you building anything or not really? Yeah, it's deep, man. I love it. I have uh, I, I just said I, I my notes that I love the production on this one. The synths are really nice pads, the, the pads that are in the background. They're not, they're not too up front. I, I, I love it. I, I, think that the, I think that the production on that song is really, really good. Yeah, definitely. That's pretty much all I have to say about that one, unless you've got something else to say.
1: No, that's no? Uh, you got it. And I love the song name. I mean, the song name is, is incredible. <laughs> Stereo yeah. in the snow. Right. Turn it up. <laughs> that's
0: it. Um, Swamp Magic.
1: Swamp Magic. Okay. Uh this one this one did make my top five because okay. I think it it um it is probably the furthest in this direction of style that is on the album. True. So I wanted to put it on my top five just to because it gives a good um uh dynamic compared to the other ones. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, I tried to I tried to pick ones that were like as far in each direction as he goes uh on the album. And this one, this one has a raunchiness to it. Yeah. Uh, for sure and it's sure. another one I have to mention that the live show the ending part yeah. uh, uh, the refrain there about uh, um, there's enough people there's enough people uh, here to start a band there's enough people here to stay up all night there's enough people here to start a band alright that at a live show is unbelievable like, yeah. because everyone starts singing it and it just goes and it's like the most awesome feel to be in this like a a sea of people just proclaiming that it's a a great song i love the raunchiness i love the rockness to it the Mm -hmm. riff once again awesome riffing by jimmy
0: love those big fuzzy guitars at the beginning it reminds me of like uh early um smashing pumpkins or weezer yeah yeah uh, totally yeah weezer definitely yeah wall of sound kind of guitars I just love that. Anytime the big fuzzy guitars come in, I'm I'm a big fan of it. I love that crazy like spiritualized, fuzzy, out of control guitar solo in the middle of it too. Like yeah, it, oh it's, yeah, it's totally. Is, it, is this one on your top five? It's not on my top five, but I have every time the fuzz comes in, I really like it. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So it's like you picked Stereo in the Stove, and I picked Swamp Magic, but like still going. Ah, I wish I had yeah. top six. <laughs> right.
0: So then into that I go. We go to piano.
1: Piano, yes. The name so of the track, of
0: course. Is it's called Piano. piano.
1: Um, <laughs> very short track, but again, um, one of those tracks that uh, Jamie's great at. Um, this, uh, this album also was a big influence on me for uh, sort of how to make an album as a whole because it seems to me that writing a song is one thing and writing an album feels like almost a different art form because Mm -hmm. it does include i never thought about it before i heard this album but it does include these little these little bits of creativity like thematic um moments where there's just like a lull almost Mm -hmm. and it just puts this um this setting a ceiling yeah yeah it sets the stage
0: yeah absolutely i couldn't agree with you more that's that's the a big part of the record process i think is you know, I mean, it depends on what kind of record you're gonna make. You know, some guys just want that's to have true. a collection of songs, and that's fine as well. But Singles, I agree, with, yeah. I agree with what you're saying, though. If, as far as a whole cohesive piece, you, these, they, I don't think they necessarily take away. On first listen, I thought maybe they were taking away, or like maybe he was running low on ideas. Well, I don't think 16 songs on it. Like <laughs> at first, you see it, you're like holy, but then some of them are just these little ditties. But he's going for something, right? Maybe, yeah. it's, maybe it's that slacker aesthetic where I like, oh, okay, I have this idea. That idea is the, is the whole idea.
1: Well, and I mean, the song name as well, he's just, yeah.
0: it it's totally his
1: style. I mean, piano. What mm-hmm. is the song? It's piano. So <laughs> yeah. it's like, why, why come up with
0: a different name for it? It's piano. Right. Why be deeper than it needs to be? Yeah. And then it goes into peace and love. Peace and love, yeah. I mean, uh, this is like some sort of...
1: Uh, wonderful hippie like even mentions the hippies in there uh and it's to me it's just one of those like um the cyclical type songs where it uh it essentially goes through <laughs> like it's like no matter what you do uh we'll be back up Shit's Creek again you know at the end no matter what we do we can fix everything everything will go bad we can we can go to the to the peak we'll end up at a valley again it's life you know uh that's just what happens peace and love come then war then something else then something else then we're back at peace and love it just keeps going around uh there's a couple um great parts of this one specifically the uh to me the the ending uh Vocals that are happening, ba, boo, ba, boo. the <laughs> uh, yeah. cappella type stuff. Yeah, I absolutely love that section. I have no idea who's singing those parts, um, but I, I uh, that just warms my heart every time I hear that part.
0: So I have that the background vocals I find very dis- very distracting. <laughs> like they they're just like really bugging me and I and I, I don't know if they add or take away that's me and that, I'm trying not to be negative as best I can because it's your record but that was the one thing I find very jarring about this song. It's like I'm trying to focus but those ba- to me being analytical with music like those things are driving me crazy
1: yeah fair okay that's fair yeah you know
0: but maybe like this is what i'm saying though like maybe you know a hundred listens through you are getting the whole idea and concept better than just listening to it for the first time and just like taking it for face value like they're probably there on purpose they're probably doing they're doing something to maybe distract you maybe that's the point
1: yeah
0: yeah i found it like i i I didn't like that part (laughs) yeah fair enough and but then you love it so there you go different well yeah
1: exactly different opinions right and uh the interesting part is that like i said i don't know who's singing those parts they could be um dear friends to him that were that were there and just uh threw in i mean it could be anybody it could be it could be uh ian kehoe or uh daniel romano or um you know anybody uh he's got a lot of again his community is so beautiful uh i think they even did like a um cover album of all jimmy songs
0: yeah yeah I, I read that Yeah, it was, it was, it was like a big uh, playlist or something like, uh, like I don't know how many people got involved in it but there's oh, a yeah. ton, of, ton of people
1: yeah just like his their favorite songs by him an unbelievable album I love it because nice. uh, just different takes on his songs <laughs> just
0: uh, beautiful beautiful. Man, that's cool man that's really cool so then I got Masterpiece in the next I, I keep saying maybe the rest of this is all the same
1: yes yeah Masterpiece is the same okay. um so this one this one was on my top five okay uh which i think rounds out my top five okay uh i didn't want it to because i wanted i also like the last song a lot um but masterpiece i had to put it on my top five because it's a very short song um but once again it's got that the wonderful uh bounce to it um the feel good bounce and uh It's just so straight. It's like, it's just straight shooting. Um, This song to me was like, when I heard it the first time, this was like a manifesto for like my new way of of writing music. Like I was listening to it, like, you know what? He's right, man. Like there is no right way of writing or singing a song or playing a song. Uh, Just like everything about this song just really touched it was like he was talking to me <laughs> like i was like this this is exactly what i needed to hear and there's a couple great lines in there i mean the apple uh <laughs> the part about the the apple shine uh shine an apple refine it and eat it and when you're through digesting, it'll be the t- the same type of shit that everybody else has been making right. it's just so so straight yeah <laughs> it's yeah. so fun
0: I, I've and, got written that day. It's basically a self um, or social philosophy dressed up as a rock song. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of yeah. got some meatloaf vibe or something, like a 50s throwback. <laughs> like, not in a bad way. Not in a bad way it at does. all. I, I think it's it's pretty rocking. Um, yeah. And I like the message. I really like those lyrics. I like that they're, like, you know, kind of brutally honest.
1: Yeah. And I, I also have to say about this song, uh, another reason, the, the thing that sold me um, to put it in my top five, because it was really... I, I, I was really close with a couple. I mean, stereo on the stove and the, and the last song, but I, I went with this one because of this one this one point really uh, sealed the deal. And that's that um, the solo in this song is actually a weed whacker.
0: Yeah, yeah, I read, uh, <laughs> I read that too. It's like going through a wah wah pedal. Yeah, it's a weed whacker
1: and a wah wah pedal, yeah. and I just think that is like the coolest most creative thing. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, that's Uh, pretty wild. And he's he's done that since as well with random objects that are not supposed to be musical on his album. He'll just like sneak in like a dumpster door playing a dumpster door or
0: something. you know what's so funny because I read that after listening to it and I never noticed listening to it to, for the first time that's what that was Right. Yeah. I just thought it was like some monster fuzz just going crazy and, and yeah. that's what it was but no it's mic'd up a weed whacker and then ran yeah. through a wall once
1: you hear it it just makes it so good
0: and then you'll never hear it again the, the, the other way it'll always <laughs> yeah. be a weed whacker from then on yeah. yeah that's hilarious man so you love this song then I, I that song means a lot to me for sure yeah that's awesome, man. The next one's my favorite. The Haze. The Haze. This is my number um, one. This is my one, number one. And I also have to pull up the lyrics for this one because because um, I love yeah. them. And yeah, I think please. this is uh, maybe it's just because I relate to these lyrics a little bit more yeah. than I wish I did. Why do I spend <laughs> all my money on beer? <laughs> yeah. Why do I feel so lonely when you're not here? I hate th- this party and its atmosphere. Why do I feel so phony and so insecure? Why do I, do I screw up the easy stuff? Man. It, like that's like it's not hard to write that, but yet it's so hard to write that. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, it, yeah, it's it's instead of dressing it up in all kinds of weird metaphors, he just says it. He just says it the yeah. way you would say it to your buddy. Yeah, it's and, very
1: honest. It's very humble. Um, honestly, when I when I was listening through this again to to uh, get familiarized for the podcast, I uh, I was like, Ben is gonna love this one. Mm-hmm. Like, I just know I know it's gonna be on his top five because. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I love it as well. Incredible song. And to me, it has that graceful flow to it um, once again. Uh, and just the, the, the imagery that comes up when you're listening to it. Uh, just just a really relatable, I mean, for, for us maybe. <laughs> maybe not for everybody. Yeah. But sure. I, think, I think everyone has felt out of place at some point. I feel mm-hmm. so phony and so insecure. Like that, it's just. I mean, some people, like you said, some people might try to dress it up lyrically and make it cryptic or enigmatic or something. And he just says it,
0: which yeah. sometimes is the hardest thing to do. It's hard, man. It's hard to sit down and write those lyrics, like because you would almost second guess yourself. Like, well, why, why would I say it this way? Yeah. Like, when I get to the end, I'll be a genius. If it's true, you can actually learn from your mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like. uh it's not doom doom or gloom, but it's like kind of like you know. No, it's you you kind of alluded uh, on on the earlier songs. It's like uh, no matter what, you're bound to screw it up. Kind of you know like yeah. No matter how hard you try, like and, and you know it's probably true for most people in in their lives in general. Like we're all just like dragging a boat up a mountain a little bit. You know, <laughs> you, you you try and try, and the next thing you're retired, and then you're you're too old to enjoy it. So. yeah i I love this song i loved it it's my number one i got it written right on here love this song
1: and it's it's only it's two minutes flat and he packs in so much feel into those two minutes and once again uh this sort of thing um it was definitely shotgun jimmy none other than who taught me to say things straighter in -hmm. my songwriting because i i too always wanted to dress things up and you know here's my feeling okay now how can I make it
0: like unrecognizable yeah let me pull my <laughs> thesaurus out and try and sound like use these words that I don't even I mean I can't yeah. pronounce German cities here but I'm gonna try and be all deep over here
1: yeah yeah I'm trying to be cool or something and it's just like no <laughs> just say what you're feeling yeah, say it and it's just so much it. more
0: endearing and yep. and real and, it, and then you, yeah and it probably reaches more people right because it's like you know you you're that's the way of that's that's the way i would say it to you if i was saying oh yeah you know like yeah. i always screw up the easy stuff but like yeah. it's not and deep but it's so deep you know
1: he's always got a bright side to. uh there's always like a shimmer of of hope or or like a smile in his songs like the genius if i actually can learn from my mistakes it's like a, a tongue-in-cheek uh, or something yeah like you said it's 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 dark in some way but it's like it's light as well it's playful and he makes he makes you feel like you're you're his friend. Like he makes you feel like you're in the community that he's a part of. Like he's. It seems like to me every time I listen to his songs, I just feel his gratitude for being around his favorite musicians, um, playing music with his best friends. Uh, you just he just lets you in on that by being honest and humble and real about the way that he writes his
0: songs. Uh, it's. It's incredibly inspiring to me. For sure. I agree. I also have written slide solo. Drench drench and reverb is really nice. (laughs) Yeah, the slide is is beautiful. That's that's a nice little piece. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, And then we go into the refrain.
1: Yeah. Are you on... Was that your fourth of your top five?
0: Yeah, I got one left. And I'm sure you know which one it is.
1: I'm so glad that you did that because (laughs) it had to be... uh, I'm glad. One of us had to do it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad. (laughs) I think Um, both of our top fives covered... A yeah. lot of, uh, of the of best the songs stuff of, here. Yeah, for sure. I uh, agree. Yeah, refrain. This one is once again uh, sort of an in passing type song, but to me, it's it's unbelievably essential uh, this specific one because it's the beginning of coming home. Kind of, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. uh, it's, uh, it's it's such a uh, magical feeling to this this song, refrain. Um and it just uh it leads so perfectly into the the outro of the album. And there's just something uh something inexplicable about it.
0: I think it's uh, mellotron again, too. I think there's <laughs> mellotron on this one.
1: Well, if you want to explain it,
0: <laughs> do you know much about the mellotron? Um you got to get some mellotron on your stuff, man. Oh yeah, is that what I It's do? immediately, it's a hit maker Fairway okay. to Heaven, the flutes at the beginning. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's all kinds of Mellotron flutes on this record. Love nice. it. Love it. Nice. It's like early Beautiful. early sampling. <laughs> yeah. 1960s nice. technology.
1: Yeah. How did you feel about this one piece?
0: Um, I I have written down I like the Mellotron. <laughs> <laughs> so Perfect. I like it. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It yeah, brings like you it. in. Like it brings the, you into the, bars open.
1: I like the very, very happy. Um, it has a very like happy and light feel to it, uh, which again, into bars open, if I may segue there, uh, may. where the guitar comes in. Uh, to me, the, as soon as this guitar hits, I'm like flooded with uh, with nostalgia and like love and joy. Every time I hear it, every time I hear that, I'm just like, mmm. I'm home as soon as I hear that. Uh, so the bars open is sort of I mean this is the cheeky once again with writing a song and writing an album. Mm-hmm. This is the creativity of Jimmy here is uh, this song is just basically a guitar intro, 17 seconds called bars open. <laughs> really it's part of the song bars closed as well.
0: yeah yeah, it's the intro <laughs> the, of the song.
1: Yeah, they flow into each other. It sounds like one song when you're spinning the record. Yeah. Um, uh yeah, there's not much else to say about bars open unless you have something
0: No, that just that it brings me into another one of my top five, the closer yes. bars closed.
1: I'm so good. Again glad you the
0: lyrics it. lyrics are fantastic. Yes. He's walking home with a bottle of beer in his pocket. Yes. You know, he ordered a beer to go and he's walking home with it.
1: Uh yeah, a beautiful song. Uh the strangest um like it's it's definitely not a uh, normal uh, structure for a song, but i I'm guessing by the time you get to this track on Jimmy's album, you're so used to his style, you're so mm-hmm. uh, infused and uh, immersed in Pure Jimmy that uh, <laughs> you're just this song is just the perfect outro to me. Uh, just like late last year was the perfect intro to me this this outro. Incredible! Uh, the one line, uh, uh, they say that you are what you eat, and I feel like I must eat a king. Yeah, that line is incredible. The beer in the pocket line. I mean, it's it's not too cold to walk it. Mm-hmm. I have a beer in my pocket. Right. I at the live shows when he played this, this was like one of my favorite moments as well. Um, yeah. I think he he. I think he stopped playing this one live because when you say the bar is closed, people like at a, at a bar, people like panic, you know, they're like, yeah. what Bars closed? Or How everyone's get ordering running?
0: beers to go and <laughs> taken off. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, yeah. And then like the, the solo stuff that happens with like yeah. the radio voice in the background. Yeah. Love it. Just such a free flowing, uh, awesome. Like you said, um, throughout the album. It's, like very like uh, slackerish. Um, there's no like the solo is kind of like um, it's not this like determined. Yeah. Specifically written thing. It just feels like he's just. It's written. emotion.
0: It's emotion. He's just like he's just letting it go. It it it's right. It reminds me of Graham Coxon a little bit or like I have written down fuzzy 90s alternative, but like that that's such a blanket statement, but it's yeah. like, it's that theory that you just, you know, it's not about the notes you're picking, it's about the vibe or Neil Young or something. Like it's yeah. uh, its just fuzzing and distorting and uh, like spiritualized. It's all just kind of caving in on itself. But that's the point, right? Like who if you played a real melodic Steve Vai solo, it would not fit at all. Now, maybe that'd be cool. But for <laughs> me, I, I love that. I love that sound. I love that crazy fuzzy. Yeah. And that's, also, there's Mellotron in the song as well. Yeah, and that was literally, again, uh, the the
1: the architecture of this whole album uh, really made me feel so um, confident and inspired to that I could write music um, and I could create something that that was had value to me and that that was good and that. Uh, people enjoyed because this album brought me so much joy and no it's not it's not perfect by uh any standard other than the fact that to me it's it is perfect just because of exactly how it is how it's its imperfections it's unapologetic about everything that it does it's just pure it's so pure it's so it's just
0: no, beautiful. I mean I I agree with I 100% I'm with you on this one buddy. I am high fiving you all the way. I think that you can have all the fidelity in the world if you don't have a good song and you don't have a good message it means nothing. I would rather have an amazing song recorded shit and, than have a great a shit song recorded amazing. Totally agree. And and I mean I I don't think this is recorded shit. That's not what no. I'm saying at all, but I I think that like what you're saying like he is just letting himself be free as a musician and and it's it's um It's exciting to listen to. I was really happy to listen to this record. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I I came up after listening to this and said to Meg, I can do this, you know, like I really, really, and I wrote four pages full of notes on this record. I I thought it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot. it It takes a lot for me to sometimes like allow myself to open up to some new music, which is why this podcast will be fun too. But yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you for introducing me to this record.
1: Yeah. I'm so happy you liked it. Um, because it means it, this album is like one of my favorites i was choosing between the most influential albums to me and i was like you know i gotta give jimmy some love i mean this guy has been i've met him uh he's inspiring and influential just as a person his mm-hmm. his uh his humbleness and and his uh enjoyment of what he's doing he just right. always seems like he just loves what he's doing and he never lets like the seriousness a lot of a lot of uh, bands and, and music just seems so serious, and like it seems like a job. And and Jimmy just makes it seem like when fun. you're playing when you were a kid or something. Yeah, like yeah, it's just fun. It's always it always seems to be fun. And and uh, just every time, even just hearing his name just just brings me a, a great glimmer of joy
0: and inspiration. Right. Well, wrapping up, I did want to say, uh, yeah, so what happened after this record, so it was nominated on a long list of names for the 2011 Polaris Prize, Yeah. which you said already, but that's okay, I'll let it slide. Sometimes you know your shit, <laughs> sorry, what are you going to do? <laughs> um, and, and, you know, rightfully so, I think it's it's a fantastic record. And he did make a sequel. But I think that the whole sequel is just a tongue-in-cheek way because he was saying that everyone just likes that record, so I'm just going to name the next one number two, and then people will think that it's meant to be, but it's just the next... He almost wrote the second one kind of like how he feels about the first one a little bit. Like, yeah, uh, kind of, yeah, kind of, just Kind of just trying to get the same vibe, but... Yeah, it's like I, I nostalgia it,
1: I, on nostalgia.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and it's like okay, well, this is what it, it, the people are feeling nostalgic about it. So then I'll just make a, a sequel. And even though it could have been called anything, yeah, I think. That's oh man, he funny. was
1: he was sold out of these out of these re- the vinyls and the CDs of this record like for so long because everyone always was buying them because it's just like it's like his to me it's like his accessible his most accessible album because it just has that. It, like you said, the Melotron. It has like the the synth pop hits. It has like the riffs. That like these are like
0: '90s fuzzy kind of garage rock tones. You know. Yeah, it's it's very
1: easy to get into. Um, a lot of the songs are very relatable, and a lot of his music is like that. Uh, and the, and the transistor sister too you're right i i agree i think just totally tongue in cheek you like transistor sister okay here's transistor sister too
0: yeah but that's like a radio head called uh kid a okay computer too just for the sake of it right like <laughs> yeah it's not necessarily the or same kid, it's or just, kid you know, b uh, yeah uh, later on <laughs> yeah the next uh, amnesiac would be kid b uh, <laughs> that's funny that's probably actually really true but okay so just in wrapping this up um this is not necessarily just about the Shotgun um, Jimmy record, unless there's anything else you want to have to say about it. Uh, no, that, I mean... You just love
1: it. I can I mean, talk you said, you all said day that. about how much I love it <laughs> yeah. and repeat it over and over, but no, that's, yeah,
0: no, I'm happy with what I've said. Um, my question to you, is um, the long play format still relevant? Like uh, an album that's 16 tracks? Is a, is a full album LP relevant?
1: That's a really good question. Um, I think it is. Uh, I think there's something to be said about, uh, like I was saying before, there's writing a song, and there's writing an album. For me, uh, it's it's sort of a different thing, uh, and I think that I think it it's an art that maybe has been losing. Um, some popularity because of singles and uh, just all the ways to release music where people might just release a single with a video or whatever and then at the end of releasing multiple singles they just compile them and call it an album um, but I definitely think that there's always space for a body of work um, and I actually think uh, for me personally I, I, I feel like LPs are going to be sort of the future because uh, I think I think um, a lot of music is going to start to come back into like bigger form of art. You know, like like an album. Like there's been some albums that have come out recently over the last few years that are a full album that's also a video. Uh, I think right. the Gorillas are putting out um, songs as part of like a project. Uh, it seems like it's videos and like almost like a series with yeah. each of their songs. i think I think there's a lot of um uh, there's a lot of audience for bigger works of art, so I don't think mm-hmm. the LP will ever um be not relevant. It might be a different art form than just singles, um, because I think there's always place for singles, obviously. I mean, singles yeah. are great. And there's no um, reason they can't be both, right? exactly exactly because there could be there could be an lp that has uh like a great full body work that has multiple singles on it too sure. um but yeah i think I, I definitely think it's still relevant what about you
0: uh, well i mean it's not about what i think it's about what you think i mean oh, i hard. love i've always been an album person i'm still that weird dude that like gets a record and like you know yells at my wife to shut up so i can sit in the floor and listen to the whole thing right Totally, yeah. But uh, <laughs> but I agree with what you're saying. It reminds me of like uh, Beyonce's Lemonade or something, right? That's where it's yeah. A mul- that's, I was yeah, thinking of that one. Yeah, where it's a multimedia experience, and I think that depending on, I mean, we don't yet yet know what's gonna happen with the pandemic and and what kind of aftermath there will be from it but maybe because we can't go see bands bands will get creative in other ways and, and you'll start seeing more of this kind of stuff you know like like you're yeah. saying it, it would be awesome I I think it'd be really cool but I also come from like uh, I really love the wall and things like that so yeah. I would love I've always thought it'd be great to you know see a band play on a theater floor with a video screen playing all the stuff oh, from totally. their multimedia behind them but uh, yeah no I think that's really cool I think that is I think that's probably pretty accurate I, I can see that the culture is shifting a little bit to want to uh, we have the time we have the time again a little bit
1: yeah to immerse deeper mm-hmm. in things um, again in, in a in a world where um, our attention span is very
0: very short a lot of times um, yeah you know I don't believe that I think people say that I don't think that's true oh really well tell me how TV shows are way bigger than they've ever been if we, series, have, short, yeah, if we right. have short attention spans, why are people watching, you know, spending the amount of time they would spend on a big novel on TV shows then?
1: Yeah, well, I suppose, uh, I suppose, uh, that's sort of the thing of the culture shifting. Um, uh, because for a long time it, it did seem like we were into like really quick bup, 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 bup changes. Um, but even like commercials almost like, unless you, uh, I don't really watch TV anymore, so there's no real commercials, mm-hmm. and commercials are a lot of the attention span. They really get to you because they just keep. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I think you're probably right. Um, attention span is. Going I think it's. Up.
0: I think the the excuse of of, of attention span is just people um, trying to quantify the Spotify lifestyle. Like they're trying their hardest to put a single out to get on a playlist so that it will make them famous or more exposed which is fine like that's the way that's the way the industry is right now but i think that's why people say we have short attention spans i don't think that we have short attention spans we're all spending tons of time commuting everyone's listening to records like yeah i, I don't know if any it maybe i'm maybe we're out of the loop it's a good chance that we are <laughs> we're not like the <laughs> most hip dudes i've ever met but um yeah well true
1: i mean i'm the same as you like i i uh I love to listen to an entire record all the way through Mm -hmm. and experience what every song means and where it fits in the whole, the way the artist um, compiled them, Uh, because they they sort of, uh, each song feels like it means something different if it's placed differently. That's why, I mean, it's controversial. We just had too many flowers in Transistor Sister. Which one comes first? I mean, it could change the whole feel of the album, you know?
0: Sure. It's just strange. (laughs) It was only one song at a place. That's weird. That is weird. Yeah, I don't know what that's all about. We'll have to find out what what is the actual track listening. Is Apple just screwing me over here? Yeah. They, don't know, they don't know what they're talking about.
1: Well, we'll have to ask Jimmy himself.
0: Yeah. Well, Stevie, thank you so much for doing this. Um, I had a lot of fun talking about this record. Thank you for me exposing too. me to it. Now I have a new record that I love. Um, where can people check out your music?
1: Uh, I'm on uh, I'm on SoundCloud. That's like my favorite. Uh, that's my favorite social media. Um, because it's social media based around music, uh, heartfelt music, which I absolutely love. Uh, so yeah, you can you can find me on SoundCloud, uh, Lost Sketches, L-O-S-S-K-E-T-C-H-E-S, uh, on SoundCloud. Uh, I have a YouTube as well, um, and a Facebook, uh, Stevie Ray Curly Scott Music. Um, you can yeah, if you just Google Lost Sketches all You'll one word it. it'll come up I, I made it super googleable um, I think that's important <laughs> yeah for sure
0: <laughs> to have a googleable yeah, well, I'll name. definitely link that, all of that stuff on uh, on this episode as well if people want to check it out but I really yeah. appreciate the conversation man it was a lot of fun
1: yeah thank you so much uh, this is this has definitely been a joy and uh, it's just been great to uh, talk about one of my favorite albums with yeah. one of my favorite people
0: there you go now you're just being sweet Oh, <laughs> you're so cute alright Stevie I'm gonna sign off here okay thank okay. you so much cheers have a
1: great weekend and you and uh love to everybody out there listening
0: yeah bye-bye for now bye for now so there you go there's my interview with uh lost sketches stevie scott thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoyed the podcast um feel free to shoot me uh, an email at bdubpodcast at gmail.com that's B-D-U-B podcast at gmail.com And be gentle. It's my first time, but send me some, uh, some feedback, positive, negative. What can we do better? What do you want to hear? Let me know. Cheers guys. Thanks a lot.